This is the big ponder. Welcome to Radio Wanderlust. My name is Bilal Qureshi. I'll be your host and your guide today. Wanderlust beschreibt die Lust am Wandern, den steten inneren Antrieb, sich zu Fuß die Natur und die Welt abseits oder auch nahe der Heimat zu erschließen. Wanderlust is a strong desire to wander or travel and explore the world. The term originates from the German words wandern, to hike, and lust, desire. A small note before we begin, this is not a guide on how to 36 hours in a city or where to go. But instead, this is an exploration of the whys of travel, why some of us always lust for elsewhere. Let's begin with the first stop on today's journey, my computer speakers. Six years ago, I began supplementing my photo albums of past travels with a different kind of archive, a library of sounds of places I've seen and loved and recorded. This is dawn in the Indian city of Agra. We're hearing layers of prayers from the mosques that surround the famous Taj Mahal, the mausoleum garden built by the Emperor Shah Jahan for his deceased wife. Its perfect white domes sparkling under a full moon in the distance, a monument to love and to my own wanderlust. When a few weeks of working at my computer desk have passed, when the uncomfortable feeling of being stuck in place begins to sting, a delicious restlessness creeps in, and I open this folder. When I open my sound libraries, I can return to the road in Rajasthan, the desert state of India, and a rickshaw snaking up the corkscrew turns on a hill up to a beautiful garden palace where folk musicians are singing songs of devotion in the shadows of an ancient fortress. I'm back in Granada, in Spain. With street musicians singing in the shadow of the majestic fortress palace of the Alhambra, where fountains still flow through its perfumed orange gardens, from which the Moors were once exiled by Isabel and Ferdinand. Or I can return to the rushing waterfalls of Weimar and to the Goethe Park, tucked in the green rolling hills of the city of Weimar in Germany. So what are we looking at right now? We are here looking at Goethe's garden house. Um, it has got a wood roof and many windows. And this is what the people always thought. This is how a German house should look like. Yeah. Is the river? Mm. 
Is, is this a very, is there a lot of tourism in Weimar? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even in GDR times, Weimar was a popular city for tourists. In listening, I'm simply trying to soothe what feels like an ache for elsewhere. And as with many things, German has multiple words for this sickness. Fernweh beschreibt die menschliche Sehnsucht, vertraute Verhältnisse zu verlassen und sich die weite Welt zu erschließen. In modern German, the use of the word Wanderlust to mean desire to travel is less common, having been replaced by Fernweh, literally far sickness, coined as the antonym to Heimweh, homesickness. Douglas Williams is an American opera singer living in Berlin. German does have these have these words that we don't quite have in English to talk about the idea that you're pained actually pained by this uh I mean ve is pain or a soreness that you're you miss something so deeply and burn with a, such a burning desire that it it has wounded you actually The English writer Oliver Broom decided to satiate his own wanderlust by leaving his London job a decade ago and biking across the world. He acknowledges that many saw his condition as a malady, definitely as a sickness. You know, you tell enough people you want to go off and have an amazing adventure on a bicycle and enough of them say, oh, you know, you're just looking to escape. You know, you're you're kind of, and that, and that becomes, you know, that, that, that sort of, those seeds of negativity, I suppose, creep in. Um, but then enough people say, oh, you know, go for it. That's, that's going to be an amazing once-in-a-lifetime adventure. So I, I think Wanderlust does have a bit of a, um, there's a... There's a hint of negativity in it, isn't there? The words Wanderlust and Fernweh aren't exactly about wanting to take beach holidays or museums and the latest restaurants. They're words that express that almost crippling desire to disappear in the expanse of somewhere else. An urge that often originates in our own personal history and the history of our desires. For travel writer Gisela Williams, that desire began quite early in life. When I was young, I actually, instead of playing doctor, nurse, and, you know, cowboys and Indians, I played a travel agent. I literally went to, like, the local... <laughs> you were a travel agent? Like a, a make-believe travel agent? <laughs> I, I went to the local travel agency like in my town and I took all the brochures I could get my hands on and I would just pretend like I was you know going on all these trips. One of the things I always remember about talking to you given that you've written so much about travel and inspired so many people's travels is that you said that you just can't stop. Well I, I think that's true of a lot of people who love to travel. The more you travel the more you want to travel. The more places you realize that you haven't seen. Gisela Williams has written a lot about one of my favorite countries, Morocco. What you're hearing here is the Ganawa music and the lush marketplaces of the city of Essaouira on the Atlantic coast of Morocco. My childhood hero was a great and mythical traveler from Islamic history named Ibn Battuta. He was a writer who set sail from Tangier, traveling 75,000 miles and writing what is still considered the longest travelogue in history. He traveled from Morocco to China in the 14th century, spending most of his life at sea. 
and eventually returning to Morocco many decades later. But the cartography of Wanderlust, as with Lust in general, is profoundly different for each of us. I reached out to several writers and artists who travel professionally to ask them about the places they lust for when they're not working, where they dream of wandering in the silence of their homes. For Washington Post books editor Stephanie Mary, it's a longing for a remote part of Montana, as far from the newsroom as possible. When, when you first started talking about this, I immediately was flashing to this like deep, deep longing that I've had recently to go cross-country skiing. I can almost be there in my imagination. I mean, I can, I can hear the snow sort of wafting past and that sort of like gentle shifting in the atmosphere as the snow falls. And I just, I keep thinking about it. And I just can't wait to be able to do it again. For Berlin-based screenwriter Anna Winger, who co-created the award-winning show Unorthodox, Wanderlust is sitting in the warmth of southern sun. Now, I lived in a place in Mexico growing up called Cuernavaca, which was famous for having eternal spring. And it was always 72 degrees and sunny, and there'd be like a couple of fluffy clouds in a blue sky. And I just love that kind of weather and... And, and dappled sunlight is like when you're under a tree or kind of a palm frond and the, there's bright sunlight is being cut by shade. That's like my perfect place. That's my happy place. For English writer and travel guide Oliver Broom, it's memories of his epic cycling trip across the deserts of Africa and Australia. I mean, I'm looking out the window now and I can see driving rain um, and it's pretty cold. I mean, no, no, <laughs> nowhere could be more different than, than the, the deserts of Sudan. So I, I, I often find myself wanting to go back to Sudan. L- likewise, you know, the Australian outback, um, I, I pine for a lot. My, my son actually asked me today, Reggie, he asked me today, Daddy, one day, can we go to the Outback? And I mean, I was just absolutely overjoyed because his mother doesn't want to go because she's scared of spiders. Um, but now I've got Reggie on side. Maybe we'll, we'll make it out there one day. I'm Janan Ganesh, and I'm a columnist for the FT and the FT Weekend based in Washington, D.C. Whenever I land in Singapore or Bangkok or Jakarta or KL, as soon as I step out of the hotel, I'm just overwhelmed by the energy. And I imagine it's what it would have been like being in Victorian London or New York in the 1920s, before those places had the chance to become so rich for so long that they became a little bit jaundiced about the whole thing. And so, you know, if I look at a map of the world and try and throw a dart at the place that I'm most excited about visiting, it would be Southeast Asia and East Asia. For opera singer Douglas Williams, it's as far from the city and urbanity as possible, 
longing for memories of the childhood forests, rivers, and valleys of his native Connecticut. Well, one of the great American composers happens to be from Danbury, Connecticut, and that is Charles Hives. And actually, um, there is the song Tom Sails Away, one of his best-known songs, that begins, Scenes of my childhood are floating before my eyes. And then the song goes on to describe he's, he's in, his, in the house where he grew up, in the garden behind the house. The lettuce rows are growing green. And for me, I'm, when I hear this song, I'm in my grandparents' backyard and it's spring, it's Easter time. And there are no leaves on the trees yet, but everything is pulsing with that green potential of early spring just before nature explo fully explodes. Douglas Williams is an opera singer and performs regularly from the German repertoire on international stages. He says music has always been a bridge to the longing for elsewhere. Well, I think certainly the German romantics in, in throughout all of the song cycles of uh, Schubert, Schumann, even what's considered the first song cycle, Andifane Geliebte by Beethoven, it's all dealing with this Sehnsucht, this longing projected over distance and over terrain. And so that the idea Antifana Geliebte is all about this, the idea of your, your thoughts and your yearning is, is traveling out over the landscape. Uh, this is appearing all throughout uh, this early uh, German Romantic period. On that note, let's revisit the historical origins of the German idea of wanderlust. Wanderlust originated in the Romantic period. Beyond Germany, French and British explorers set out on their own grand tour of the European continent and North Africa. Though sometimes a project as aligned with imperial expansion as it was personal intellectual development. Of course, that kind of wandering was an aristocratic and certainly mostly almost exclusively a male experience of walking the woods and shorelines of Europe in search of self-actualization. Berlin-based screenwriter Anna Winger says wanderlust today has a completely different meaning. When they talked about wanderlust meant wandering in the forest behind their house. You know, I'm guessing that they weren't thinking in global terms the way we do now. You know, when I think of wanderlust, I don't think about going to another neighborhood in Berlin. I think about going to visit you in the Middle East or going beyond the borders of my known experience. The other thing about wanderlust in the German sense was that it always majored on the rural setting. Again, Janan Ganesh of the Financial Times. And the Caspar Friedrich painting idea of what it was to travel, which is that you explore landscape before you explore the city, if you do the city at all. And I think that has very much changed over the past couple of hundred years. If someone now says to you, I'm an international person, I do a lot of traveling, I have wanderlust, what you think of immediately is city to city. You know, I go from Rome to Tokyo to Johannesburg to Sydney to LA. I possess the urban landscape wherever it is, on whichever continent. I mean, we've only been doing this en masse for about five minutes in the, on the historical timescale of our species' history. 
and so the brain is stimulated by it to a, to a phenomenal degree. Over the past decade, my own wanderlust has been focused beyond Europe on the arrivals and departures gate of Dubai International Airport. The Middle Eastern city is a great crossroads between East and West, with easy flights to Africa, East Asia, and Europe, which has made modern wanderlust and a more global version of wanderlust possible. Anna Winger says flying remains an addictive high. You know, I still remember when I was you know, very young and first started traveling by myself, how much I loved the feeling when the plane touched down somewhere that I had never been before, and I, and I just had no idea what was going to happen next. I love that feeling. The fact that the weather was so different as soon as the plane landed, you already were looking out the window at different kinds of trees. You know, I was flying there from Boston. I just love that feeling. Now, armed with our phone, we can even record, Snapchat, Instagram, and broadcast everything and everywhere we've been without having to write some treatise on place and self as the older wanderlusting explorers may have. Again, Anna Winger. There's no subject too boring to document it. There's no meal too boring to take a picture of it. You know, everybody's just photographs everything. The, like, bug in their hotel room and the meal that they ate for breakfast and the things they didn't buy in the shop that they wish they had bought. You know, it's just like everything. We've seen it become a less pretentious activity, travel. Again, Janan Ganesh of the Financial Times. It's no longer automatically associated with education and the improvement of, uh, of the self. But travel writer Gisela Williams says the age of insta-travel, both the physical reach and the immediate digital feeds, well, that kind of travel has also caused undeniable environmental and cultural problems. What's been a big issue over the last few years is just in general the massive footprint, all the carbon, you know, from all the, the, the pollution from the airplanes. So there, there was a, obviously a price that we we're paying for all this kind of easy access. So no question. I mean, I think if you look even just at the the profit and the finances behind travel in the last 10 years, you'll see like it just became like a, a huge monster for better and for worse. Well, you know, going back to the worst part of it a little bit, you mentioned sort of being a travel agent when you were younger and the kind of feeling of travel that addicts you forever. How did sort of like how does the feeling of wanderlust, that kind of deep longing to go somewhere else and be dislocated and displaced and and kind of like your mind blown, how does that sit alongside this kind of ease of travel and and the not to like contrast them in a kind of explicit like one is good and one is bad? I didn't like the ease of travel so much. That wasn't for me really like a heyday that I appreciated because to be honest, like I like the adventure of travel. I like I like feeling a bit cut off so that you get uncomfortable. The the big word in travel over the last year has been transformative. You know, there's been a lot of talk about transformative travel, which means using travel as a way to improve something about your own life, which whether that means 
learning something new, experiencing something that makes you open up your creative process. It, it really is about thinking, does this trip have value? And although we might have to spend more money for a flight, maybe that's better because you know, you might value that trip more. You Instead of taking 10 trips in one year, maybe you'll take one that is of great, you know, cultural interest and that really makes you learn. My favorite aunt and one of my favorite travelers, my father's older sister, died last fall at home in Lahore, Pakistan. We called her Api. She never had the chance to come visit us in the U.S., but on trips home to Pakistan, I would always go sit by her side because she loved to tell the stories of her own travels. In 1978, Api took a car trip that is physically and politically impossible today. She drove with her three kids from Lahore, across Asia and Europe, to London in a van. The journey took 22 days, and she kept a diary of every detail and everything she saw. Every time I visited her at home in Lahore, she would read to me from that book. And I recorded this reading from one of her favorite entries. She's talking about driving into the majestic landscapes of Afghanistan, crossing the border from Pakistan through the epic mountain passes that divide the two countries, the piercing eyes and faces of the people, and the feeling of arriving in such a different climate and in such a different scent. Abi had 18 friends on Facebook, and she wasn't great on FaceTime. But in her extraordinary language and in the observations she recorded, she distilled so many cultures and geographies into words, images, and sounds that I still revisit. And she always kept her diary nearby to refresh herself in the wonder of that journey, in her perpetual, incurable wanderlust. The song you're hearing is a famous Afghan song called Paymona, sung by the Pakistani pop star Zebun Nisa Bangash, whose own family has ancient roots in this part of the world. It's funny, when I finally went to Kabul, and I, I stood there and I looked at the mountains and I felt oddly like, you know, moved by the place, like very moved by the place, as if this was a place that I'd seen, that, that I had lived in, and I, I felt like the land of my ancestors. Music has helped me kind of access places. That is the reason why I sing in so many different languages. It is kind of a wanderlust. South Asia has a long history of travelers, caravans, and a lot of the music evokes place as a kind of spiritual destination. Like the German twin words of Heimweh and Fernweh, the longing for home also blends into one feeling, a kind of spiritual longing. I asked Zeb if she wouldn't mind humming one of those yearning songs for elsewhere. There is this, this rag, des, which is actually um, a scale that, that's supposed to evoke home. I can sing that for you. Hmm. 
Zeb is not singing about a physical place. Right, and it, and it's interesting that in our part of the world, it's it's an imagined space always. It's almost, it's not just a place. It's also it can be a season. Like in this, you're you're talking about kind of you know the pre-monsoon ghata coming in. You know, kari kari ghata. So I'm I always think of the monsoons. Through thinking of the monsoons, I imagine colors, you know, the very dark tropical greens, like a rubber tree or something, a mango tree. For me, like Wanderlust has never been about a place. It's always just been about finding a certain like feeling, you know. It's about longing for feeling a certain way. The travel writer Gisela Williams says while we may no longer live in the original world of Wanderlust that the German romantics may have been thinking about, the ideal of leaving and returning, searching and finding still holds meaning in our lives. This is such a cliche, but like my favorite movie as a child was The Wizard of Oz. That was ultimately the theme, right? Like in the end, there's no place like home. But still, she was able to go off, you know, somewhere in her imagination, whether that was actually something literal or not. The point is that she did come back with a whole new set of eyes that allowed her to appreciate where she's from. But you don't necessarily have to physically leave. You know, you can also manage to do that through reading or or ingesting culture, movies, music, all of that somehow, I think, can engage your mind in a way that allows you to to journey elsewhere and then come back. I'll conclude with this recording from New Delhi, India. What you're hearing is the 15th century Lodi Gardens, where monumental tombs sit in a beautiful rolling green park. And I found this man playing the Indian flute, just as the bright green parakeets make their own journey home at sunset every night. Thank you for joining me for this edition of Radio Wanderlust. I'm Bilal Qureshi. You've been listening to The Big Ponder. This transatlantic podcast is brought to you by the Goethe Institute in collaboration with the Bertelsmann Foundation and Rundfunk Berlin-Brandenburg. Thanks to all our friends on both sides of the big pond that make this series possible. <laughs>